Do you ever think about, like, what happens after all this? What, like a... Like, uh, like an afterlife? Like or an that, afterlife. That sort of thing? Yeah, but like... You know how they say that, like, ghosts are what I, what happens when someone had, like, unfinished business, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And you know how we both have ADHD and stuff just gets, like, forgotten and shit? Yeah. Does that mean we're more at risk of becoming ghosts or less at risk because our ghosts will have forgotten that we had the things to do and we'll just be fine just moving on i guess that's the question is 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 it be having unfinished business or is it i know that i have unfinished business i can remember things i have having that drive that desire yeah that that sort of knowledge that i have to complete the things yeah Mm. or is it like fuck i meant to post that letter now see all i'm thinking now is the worst of both scenarios where it's like i know i have unfinished business i like i have like a like a little little annoying scratch in my head that i have stuff i'm meant to do but i don't remember what it is so now i'm stuck as a ghost unable to remember what my unfinished business is people at seances being like oh what do you need oh spirit i don't know it's on the tip check, of my tongue. Check the fridge. <laughs> probably, <laughs> I've probably left the remote in there again. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women we just talk about uh, the the things we've done in the week, media-wise, and have a little giggle and do silly voices and stuff. How are you? (laughs) Yeah. How are you? I'm a poorly little bean today. I'm a poorly little bean. I'm a poorly little little bean. It's fine, I'm getting the poorly little bean of Jude out the way so that, like, I can have a nice time when the end of the week comes. I'm getting the poorly bit out now. Uh, what what could possibly be happening at the end of the week? Oh uh, well, I I we we're probably going to be playing something the most of this upcoming weekend that we've played a little bit of already. Well, speaking of play, should we talk about yeah. that? Yeah, let's talk about what we played this week. Well, I was going to say, should we talk about that? Yeah, that thing that we didn't talk about last week. Yeah, last week. Yeah, we 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 played a little bit of Tears of the Kingdom. I've played about seven hours of Tears of the King. I've played maybe twelve twelve hours. Uh so I've like not played a lot more, but I lot I, done. I I knew what I was doing with that starting section and did that a bit more sort of a uh, sort of initiative. Oh you did a separate twelve hours. Oh yeah yeah. I Sorry, did. I thought you meant you've done No. I, I started oh, a separate save and right. did about twelve hours but, in yeah. it, which I sort of ran to try and see a lot of the core elements, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll 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 avoid that, and we'll talk about that sort of next week. We'll just mm. talk about what we played yes. on our sort of first day together. Do you yes. want to do you want to start? Yeah. Um. So it's it it almost feels like it is trying to um mirror that. Like you've got instead of the Great Plateau, you've got the the Great Sky Islands. Yeah. You've got a whole like here is a space. Learn your way around it, and 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 learn how things do. Yeah, pick up pick up bits. Get, gain your starting abilities in a safe tutorial environment before we set you off in a big world of adventure like we did in Breath of the Wild. And for this part of the game, at the very least, if you fall down, we will pick you back up again. Yes. Now, what I will say about 
the uh, gr- the Great Sky Islands. This uh, the, you know, that is the kingdom's equivalent of the Great Plateau in, mm-hmm. in Breath of the Wild. Is that it? Definitely feels a bit more linear and authored in its design, in as much as the Great Plateau in Breath of the Wild was like there are four shrines to go to. Go to them in whatever order. There's mm. no real like set path. Whereas this felt a lot more. Here is one ability that will sort of help you get to the next, which will help you get to the next in a set order. Yeah, there was a bit more of a authored flow to it. Mm. Work out um, things like uh, how are you going to get through the cold area. You know, you need some way of staying warm. Is that going to be the warm doublet? Is that yeah. going to be uh, making spicy food? Is that going to be working out how to make warm elixirs? Yeah, and it was, and like, it's not to say that like Tears of the Kingdom isn't as you know. Once you get through its opening, you know, it doesn't have that same see a thing, go where you want, follow your interest uh, element as Breath of the Wild did. Mm. But its opening is definitely more. You need to get this ability, which will let you cross this to get to this ability, and you have to do them in order. And I think that like, I'm already getting the sense that. Like, Tears of the Kingdom's approach to Breath of the Wild's design is to go, look, we've got that big open world that is very broad and you just go, go wherever you feel like going, Mm. but we're going to pepper around it more linear environments that are designed to be done in a set order that are like, we've created a space we expect you to do in order. Yeah. And dropped it into a world you can approach from any angle. Yes, because... I, I understand, like, there were a lot of complaints with the first one about the lack of proper dungeons yeah. and the lack of those sort of large structured um, yeah. things to do. And I get that. But also, like, I w- wanted something slightly meatier than most of the shrines. And don't get me wrong, yeah. some, of, some of those are quite chunky. Indeed. And being spoiler light... I feel like that that Great Sky Island is a good setter of expectation for the kind of thing that Breath of the Wild does, uh, that Tears of the Kingdom does differently <laughs> from Breath of the Wild, is having things like that where it's like, here is one big meaty section, mm-hmm. and it is part of a larger world, but while you're in it, you feel like you're doing one sort of authored thing. Yes. And then you go off from there and you go off into the Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely is like, the most a Zelda sequel has ever just directly been a sequel. Yes. Like, we've had stuff like Phantom Hourglass, uh, Link Between Worlds. Spirit but, Tracks. Uh, Spirit Tracks. But this is like, if you if you have not played Breath of the Wild, this plot is going to take zero time to tell you who the, like, catch you up on who these characters are or why you should care about them. Mm. It's like, no, 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 Breath of the Wild just finished, go. Have your adventure. <laughs> I don't know necessarily if you need to have played Breath of the Wild. I, I don't like, given, if... given where the opening opens, which yeah. we've seen in um, the, the game yeah. trailers, like the, there's that whole, like, we're exploring, there is a discovery made, yeah. stuff happens. It's, it's one of those things where I don't think you need to have done, but I think that you will get a lot more out of it if you have. And that it's definitely banking a lot on... Hey, it's that person you you know from Breath of the Wild who like here's what's changed since you last saw them, or here's what's going on with them now. Oh yeah. Just sort of jumps. I mean, you've played more than it than I have, well, so I mean, I'll take your word on that. We've reached an area fairly early on where a lot of NPCs were like, Oh, it's Link. You're you're here. 
uh, and things like that. It, it feels like there's a lot of like, these are the characters from Breath of the Wild and they're going, hello, it's you. Let's continue the adventure. I, th- I think we are maybe skewing that from the point of view of we have recently played Breath of the Wild. <sighs> now, no, don't get me wrong. Like, there was, during that first playthrough, we, uh, as soon as we hit the ground level, we popped out the amiibo. We ended up spawning a pona and then <laughs> realizing we don't have a map and we don't know where the stables are off <laughs> yep. the top of our head. I was desperately trying to find um, Wetland Stable, and I thought it was f- both further south and further east. <laughs> so yes. I had completely misjudged how to get there and couldn't get there. Um, then we tried to go to <laughs> Dueling Peak Stable, which is completely not where I thought it was. And, and as a result of evolution, harder to get to. <laughs> yes, or at least harder to get to from where we were trying to get to it from. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there, were, there was some awkwardness around that. And then there was just like... A person standing on a rock doing that sort of like, I don't have a telescope, but I'm doing the shielding my eyes from the sun and peering look. I was like, you there, you might be able to help me out. That and I was, was like, hang on, I know you from the other one. Yeah, that was like the first NPC we talked to and miraculously they happened to be lead- like, hey, are you looking for a stable? Well, like, yes. yes, we are. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you, first NPC we Thanks. talked to. But yes, once again, it was as the crow flies. Yeah. We still had no idea how to get that via land. Yeah. But um, like, yes, I, I think there is is a degree of we understand who those characters yeah. are. And I'm not saying it's like to the exclusion of people who haven't played Breath of the Wild, but I mean more to the point of it's leaning into that more than any other prior Zelda sequel has done. Yeah, but I think from the point of view of just an RPG where you are a character who exists in the world, I think yeah. it covers about the same amount of ground of the, <laughs> hey... It's you. You went off yes. to go and do the thing. I, I guess what I'm trying We're to get glad to, you're back. Yeah. I guess what I'm trying to get to is if for the first time in the Zelda series, or at least in English, because I know they did this for a link a link between worlds in Japan, but mm. if they had called this Breath of the Wild 2, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been surprised because it feels narratively like it is it is it is continuation of that story in in some regards. Mm. And that's that's not a bad thing. I'm really enjoying no. that, but it's a thing that's like Feels worth noting about it. Um, but yeah, how are you feeling about the new abilities so far? Uh, I would like more time with them. I am yep. going to have that soon. <laughs> um, I have the same problem with this that I do in Blender. Sometimes like, I expect rotations <laughs> to be possible at certain angles, and no matter which of the, the three twisty wheels I twist forwards or backwards yeah. they always seem to be going not quite the right direction I want to do I I just wish that there was it was in VR or something so I could reach up and go no I want it to go that way <laughs> right so yes Ultra Hand is one of the new abilities and it's used uh, for fusing items uh, uh, like uh, let's say you wanted to build like a, a boat and you wanted to stick some bits of wood together you sort of glue them and you can rotate objects around in 3D mm-hmm. space uh, using the D-pad it sort of works like your replacement for magnesis in Breath of the Wild, yeah, but for but anything that isn't alive. Doesn't have to be metal. Uh, yeah, it doesn't have to be metal this time. I think it's anything that isn't alive, generally. Seems um, about right. Uh, but the th- yeah, the thing with this is that you're rotating these objects in 45 degree increments on two different axes, a vertical or horizontal. But sometimes, let's say you have a flat piece of wood that as you're looking straight on at it, is at a 45 degree angle. Like the left-hand side is sort of upward and the right-hand side is downward. 
uh, you would have to rotate it a couple of times like so that it's degrees yeah so that z plane yeah so that the the upraised angle is away from you oh. then you'd have access to the vertical angle to flatten it and yeah. then rotate it back around oh yes and that takes some getting your head around yes uh particularly like knowing that you can invert the horizontal or vertical axis of rotation was really mm -hmm. helpful for me uh it definitely gets easier with practice but it mm -hmm. takes some getting your head around before it feels natural yeah. i i think um what I, I i worked out what the issue was initially mm. and i think it's a difference of first person versus third person yeah this was always going to be a third person game and i think if I was thinking in first person, if I was literally in Link's position, yeah. I would be going, yeah, left is moving the bit that's nearest to me to the le to my left. Yes. But from a third person view, I want it to be the bit that's furthest away from yes. me. Yes, because this is what we were talking about, because yeah. I was trying to explain what... Because when I, I inverted the horizontal axis and was like, oh, this feels so much better, is I was trying to explain it to you as, for me, the player, I want the front of it to move... Mm -hmm. Anti-clockwise when I press left. Yeah, I got but, that. But yeah, and I under—I think you've hit the nail on the head as to why they've gone the way they have. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I, it took yeah. me a while to get it. It's like, oh, I am. Yes, and I think, and I think it was watching back the footage for editing A8 yeah. this week and going, ah, uh, yeah, of course that's what it is. It's like, no, that feels way more natural if you're moving the thing that's furthest away from you because yeah. that's just how you operate as as a as a. A, con a person controlling yes. but I think in first person it would be very different but yeah that it's nice that there is that option and the fact that you can go rotation uh, or what do they call it interaction con controls yeah are you can be like mirrored um both x and y separately yes. so you can go if you're up and if you're more of a pull back on the stick than a push 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 forward on the stick yeah um but that's entirely separate from your camera controls. And I liked that that was two separate things for two separate features. Yes. I may not have explained that well, no, but I, I hope they think people yeah. understood. Uh, in terms of the other abilities, there is, uh, uh, there is recall, which yep. reverses an object through space and time along whatever path it took. So something that falls out the sky will go back up into the sky. Yep. A thing thrown at you will fly back at the person who threw it. Mm -hmm. uh, A thing that is going clockwise can go anti-clockwise. Yep. Uh, and the thing that's neat about this is that an object will remember how long it was in positions on that path. So uh, if you hold an object up with Ultra Hand and hold it in place for a few seconds and then drop it, then use Recall, mm -hmm. it will go back up to that position, then stay there for however long you were holding it there. Mm. It remembers the time coordinates as well as the position. Yes. And that is interesting. That, yeah, I thought that was interesting. There was one puzzle quite early on where I was like, why isn't this thing recalling? And you were like, because it's you left it sitting there before you did recall for a while. Yeah. Because there was this thing that was like, oh, I can't get to it. It's going to be really awkward to get to. I can't even reach it with Ultra Hand. What do I do? And you just went, just recall it. It'll go back where it was, where yeah. you could reach it. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. And then because I'd sat there fanning about trying to get to yeah. it first, it took... Like, a couple of seconds before it actually started moving yeah, back along its path. because it remembered it had been left there for a while. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's one of those abilities that feels very much like the Breath of the Wild abilities in terms of it is logically consistent in how it works. Yes. In a way that is initially, like, 
oh, it's not working. Oh, wait, no, it is working exactly how it's meant to. Yeah. And I just wasn't thinking about how it literally I was works. thinking it do video games, not yeah. it exist in a logical, consistent and that it's well. and that excites me. Like I like that it doesn't work in the video game way. It works in the mm. way that makes sense in the universe. Yeah, and that is exciting in terms of what it o- offers. I think the the biggest problem uh, we both had is realizing that we are playing a three D open world Zelda game where we do not have the paraglider. <laughs> Yes. The number of times you, you especially jumped yes. off things, mainly because you were on controls for a while, because my hands have not been feeling very good. Yeah. Um, too much work. Uh, but like, um, just just the number of times you just like yes. plummet off the side of a thing, going, "Oh yeah, I don't have the paraglider." Yes. And now I've shattered I, my shins through my forehead. I would generally recommend this anyway, but particularly if you've just been replaying Breath of the Wild and are used to having the paraglider. Stick with the main story quests it offers you and follow the main plot until you get the paraglider. 100%. I, I, I think that, like, yeah, you can go explore the world at your leisure before that. Just get the paraglider. Just keep doing main plot until it gives you the paraglider. It's an essential bit of kit. Yeah. The, the main game won't take that lot. Like, if you follow the plot, it will give you the paraglider pretty soon. Yep. Just, just get that out of the way. Oh, yes. Oh. But... Uh, it's fun the, to explore. Yeah. Uh, the other abilities that we've got, uh, the other main ones you start with, are um, uh, Ascend, yes. which lets you go up through any ceiling that isn't too angled and isn't too high above Link's head. Yes, so uh, none of that su- theoretical uh, it, um, finding yourself under a bit of Skyland and uh, ascending all the way up. Yeah, you That might happen later, there might yeah. be like a, an ascend plus. Yeah, at the start at least, you can't ascend all the way up to the Sky Islands, they're too high up. Wow. But no matter how thick the ceiling above you is, you can go all the way up through it. So you will if, just go through a weird black yeah. void for a while. Yeah, so if you're inside like a cave at the bottom of a mountain, and you ascend through the, the roof, you'll sort of uh, breath stroke upward through the rock, all the way up to the top of the mountain, pop your head out, and what I really like is that time pauses when you pop out, and you have a second to look around and go, do I want to pop out here? Or is it like absolutely terrifyingly full of high-level monsters and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go back down where I came from? Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate because obviously when you haven't yet ascended, you have no way of knowing what you're about to pop into. Yes. And I like that it doesn't punish you for going, No, you chose to ascend, you're here now. It's like, no, have a look around, just check that where you picked was okay. Yep. Uh, I also like that it doesn't matter if there's stuff there, so you're not going to end up inside something. Like, if you have gone up onto a ledge that had a chest on it, you'll be popping out the top of the chest. Yeah. Which will look weird as fuck, but also hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It, (laughs) of the starting abilities, it's the one that, like, comes up the least frequently, uh, or at least in my experience so far, but it works really well and is satisfying as a way to puzzle solve and get around i'm enjoying it it feels nice to use uh and the last one and i think the big one is fuse yes which is uh attach basically anything in the world to your arrows your shield or your sword yes how are you finding this i'm quite enjoying it like the whole um like they basically said to all the people who hated weapon durability in the first one we've made it worse but (laughs) don't worry now it is a fun sandbox to fuck about with because 
all of the stuff that you were gathering throughout the uh, the first game, all the uh, the key size and the key swings <laughs> and the bits of meat oh. and whatever else, all of that stuff, you can just fuse it to your arrows. Key, and- key side balls are now the most useful fucking thing in the game. They're oh, yeah. great. <laughs> um, you know, if you've got there, there are seemingly many more tree branches lying around. But also, don't worry, because you can attach a boulder to that, or yeah. a ro- even a, a, in a pinch of rock to that. Like, it's worth making sure that you keep something big and heavy, like a, yeah. a boulder, because that is basically your sledgehammer equivalent. Yeah. And always in the first game, I wanted a torch, a coral leaf, and yes. a, uh, a and some kind of boulder breaker yeah. device. And, and this is particularly important because, like... Uh, uh, not having access at the start of this to, uh, you know, uh, you start Breath of the Wild with the uh, the remote bombs, yes. which were a good way of breaking breakable walls, but now you don't uh, have access to that, and you're like, okay, I need a reliable way to break open breakable stuff. Mm-hmm. Having a boulder you can stick to a branch, great for that. Yeah, uh, as tempting as it is to go, I'm going to turn all of my weapons into... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add spikes to them, or <laughs> pitchforks, or whatever else yeah. I can find. Or, or I'm going to make them into those big fans like we saw in the gameplay trailer. Yes. Um, those are also kind of worth having, because you could just blow enemies off the side. On the Sky Islands, those are great. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I will say about this that I think is really smart is that the game is constantly throwing at you um, resources for making makeshift weapons. Yeah. And it's like, the base that you start your weapon with is like, you know, it, it is important for determining things like whether this is going to be a like sword pattern, a spear pattern, or a heavy two-hander pattern to its mm-hmm. movements. But what's a lot more important is attaching things onto your weapon to give it uh, durability boosts, to give it uh, damage-type multipli- uh, uh, modifiers or mm-hmm. damage boosts. And basically every single weapon in the game... Uh, uh, basically every single enemy in the game, when defeated will drop a thing that could be fused to your sword to make a weapon. Yes. Um, most weapons... Uh, mo- <laughs> most enemies have a horn st- in- coming out of their head yep. that might look like a blade of some description. Yeah. That you this could is all sh- stuff we've seen yeah. in the trailers, all stuff we've seen in the um, the gameplay yeah. trailer it, a while back. So. But it, it means that like you're very rarely in that Breath of the Wild situation of, I have no good weapon available because my stuff broke mid-fight. Mm-hmm. Because worst case scenario... Just grab a stick and go, cool, what uh, enemy horns do I have in my inventory? Stick one on, there's a passable weapon. Yep. And that does a lot for, like, weapons in this feel more throwaway, hmm. but I think that's okay. Yes. Like, but- there is this whole thing of you can take the thing off of, like, if you've attached, say, um, a, a Zonai, uh, what are they, construct horn? Yeah. If you've attached a construct horn to a tree branch, you can take that off as it's starting to degrade and replace it with something else. Yeah. But I'm I'm not entirely sure how the durability stuff so works yet. So I think I understand I think how the durability stuff more. works now, and it's not how I initially, it was initially explained to me, so... Right. Uh, does, let, the game does yeah. try and explain it to us. Yeah, so it doesn't explain it well. Let's say you start with like a like a big stick, and that's your starting weapon, and you haven't fused anything to it. You use it, and it, it you know its durability goes down, and it says like, "Oh, the durability is about to run out; it's about to break." And you decide to fuse, uh, you know, let's say a, a, a construct horn onto it. Mm-hmm. That'll do two things. 
it will restore your stick up to its full durability mm-hmm. and give you uh, 25 hits with your weapon in which the durability will not go down. Okay. Then the durability will start going down as it would usually. Mm-hmm. This is a one-time benefit you get for fusing uh, an item to a weapon. So it's only the first time you fuse a thing to a, to a weapon. It gives it... Tw- uh, it fully refills its durability and gives it 25 hits in which it won't degrade, and then it starts degrading again as usual. So it is kind of worth using the things that you get first before you start fusing things Yeah, it, it has kind of taken me a while to get my head around that, that it's worth using the base version of the base weapon, and as it's about to degrade, then equipping something to oh, it yeah. and getting its sort of second lease of life. Yeah. Uh, it's good to know, because I didn't understand that from the oh, explanation we got. Ne- neither did I. It's, Maybe reading through it again. I, I went through it a second time. The game does not explain it well. It took a fair amount of practice to work that out. Mm. Uh, and, like, trial and error. Yeah. But, um, yeah, enjoyed what we've seen so far, or yeah. what I've seen so far. Uh, um, but, yes, yeah, strongly agree. As much as you want to explore the new world, and I know we did for our first one, and I suspect you did for your second one a yeah. little bit. I... It is worth just going straight for the paraglider. Follow the plot until you get the paraglider, yeah. and then do whatever the fuck you want because yeah. that you will have much a much you will have much more fun being able to explore yeah. and you know going. I'm going to hop over to that bit and and not worry about plummeting. Yeah, and I will say from what I've 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 seen pl- playing through this. The game definitely does a bit more of like, here is a guiding hand that's not telling you you have to do these things, mm. but it like characters will tell you essentially, look, there's a developer intended, like, this is probably what you should be heading towards, like, that's probably what's balanced to be a good thing for you to head for. Mm. It does a bit more of that than Breath of the Wild, yeah. and you can totally ignore that and just go fuck off and do... Things that you definitely aren't supposed to be doing yet and don't know why you're doing. You can go and do all that. Mm. But there is more of a, like, look, we've authored some more, like, more traditionally linear stuff. And in order to have things that are a bit more linear in there, we've had to decide what level of escalation makes sense for those linear things. And we're going to try and suggest to you, you know, what we were thinking. Mm. You are still free to ignore it. And I appreciate that you can still ignore that, but it definitely does point you a potential path a bit more. Part of me wonders how much of this is going to end up doing the RPG thing of we're going to hold your hand a little bit at the beginning and then you're, it's going to get to a point where there are so many optional things that you can run around, gather all those things up and then pop back at the end of the game when you're like really loaded up with a bunch yeah. of stuff and all the best equipment and you've I, don't know, I guess yeah. probably maybe expanded your item slots or whatever, and, and and then go fight the big bad. That that moment in Final Fantasy yeah. games where you've got like 30, 40 hours in, yeah. and you know it's time to just go and do yeah. shit rather than just following the story. Because like, here's how my like the start of the playthrough has been for me. Honestly, it has been very like the game has a critical path that basically seems to be trying to introduce you to. These are the major gameplay loops that are available. Mm-hmm. And once we've introduced you to them, you're going to sort of leave you about hands off to, you know, follow whatever of those you're interested in. If I had to guess, like, this doesn't have the Breath of the Wild style, 
there's Calamity Ganon. He's right there. Defeat him. Go to this waypoint marker if you want to fight the final boss straight away. If I had to guess, I feel like I could guess where I could go to maybe fight the final boss if I wanted to. I don't know whether... I don't know how you'd get there. I have my guesses, but the thing is that, like, it definitely... Where Breath of the Wild was like, come have a go if you think you're hard enough. Like, <laughs> And many did. Yeah, it was like, look, we, we want to put this right in front of you as a challenge. This feels like this game is trying to be like, look, on a second playthrough, if you know where the final boss is, you can just go to it. But like, that's not what we want you to do with this one. We're trying to do, we're trying to give you something different here. Oh. Like, don't, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. You're not ready. Go, go do all our love. You asked for linear plot. Mm. L- come enjoy you, the you linear plot we plot. made for you. That means we require a little bit of narrative control. Yeah. So. Come do the nice little narrative we made for you because you did ask for one of those. Unless you want to Google where the final boss is and just go fight him, in which case, whatever. Yeah. It, it feels like that's the energy. And it feels like there's going to be a lot to this game, because... Uh, the, I mean, obviously, my f- first worry after the uh, the leak happened, because um, I, I know it went up online, obviously, there, there were people who got street, broken, uh, street date broken copies. Yeah. And there were like, like there were other copies that went up uh, on various sites that weren't just a, a, a dancing <laughs> video. I was worried that we were going to get like like spoilers too quickly. And the one person who seemingly yeah. um, speed ran it took what four days of eighteen hour days just to beat the final boss. Just to beat the final boss, and then got like a little readout of you've done almost nothing of yes. a fuck ton. <laughs> yes, it it was reassuring, and like having played a bit further than we did together mm. when I I sort of did my replay to grab some footage. I really get the impression that is the case. Like, I largely in my replay was, like, going and doing shrine stuff to play around with the um, with the various new abilities in a setting where I wasn't going to see too much of the world or spoil mm. too much of the plot for myself. And, like, on paper, it looks like I've done a fair amount of that game by number of shrines, but there are so many fucking elements of that game that are not discussed in pre-release material that I have barely scratched the surface and spent like a little bit of time going, oh, this is just a whole huge element of this game, huh? Yeah. Okay, Carl, come back to this later. Yeah, and and I think that's, that's true of, of Breath of the Wild as well. I mean, you yeah. can say that Breath of the Wild is 120 shrines and a final boss. Yeah. But there's all the side missions. Yes. There's all the mini games. There's just the general yeah. exploration of the worlds. I would say that's more true here than it was in Breath of the Wild. I suspect that um, was probably the case. Yeah. So, like, talking in spoiler-free terms, Breath of the Wild only had a section in the objectives for side quests. Mm-hmm. And most of them were, like, fairly short little things where you go and do a single thing get a basic, often pretty generic reward, that was it. Mm. Tarrytown was really the only exception that was like yeah. a big multi-stage ongoing quest. That one uh, kid who wants all the fucking weapons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tears of the Kingdom has two different kinds of side quests with two different names. There are side quests, which are like very Breath of the Wild-esque ones. And then there are side adventures. And I've not done many of them. But side adventures are basically, like, they're much more comparable to something like a Majora's Mask side quest, or in some way similar to, like, the Tarrytown stuff, Mm. where it is big multi-part quests where you're probably going to have to go to multiple parts of the world to to do the thing. Mm. Uh, Going and trying, like, 
one of the objectives in your side adventure might, you know, you go follow a marker and it's like, oh, there's a side quest within the side adventure to go oh, do. Uh, to go do these, like, bigger adventures that are more narratively tied to the world and also have, like, here is a more concrete reward that you know up front is, like, there's something worth doing an adventure for. Mm. And there's a bunch of these. Like, I've seen the number of these that there are in there, and if all of them are like the couple I've experienced, there is a huge amount of, like, actually rewarding side side adventure content mm. in this game, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, the kind of stuff where it's like, I feel like this isn't just random NPC I'm gonna forget, this is a memorable little story in the world. Mm. And that's really exciting. It would be nice to get slightly more out of because, like the 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 side, like the characters I remember as a result of the quests are the kid with the fucking weapons, and only because I've never actually finished that thing because I yeah. always get round to it too late in the game, and then it's like I don't know where to find a Boko Club. Everything's <laughs> silver at this point. Yeah, um, like that sort of stuff. Um, the, obviously, Tarrytown and the bosun construction and all the other people involved in that. The, um, the, uh, person who runs the shield surfing minigame. Yeah. And that's, that's really kind of, Oh, and the, the kid that wants the dragonflies and the sister hates yeah. bugs. So, talking in, like, I'm going to be, like, so vague that even if you've done this, you're not going to know what I'm talking about terms. But... One of the first side adventures I found was basically, here's a set of armor that does something really cool. Do you want that? Cool. Here's a handful of uh, waypoints around the map that are pretty spread out. At each of these places, there will be a little side adventure to do, and you'll have to do all of these little side adventures to earn this suit of uh, this set of armor from me. Mm. And as you do the little side adventures, you will earn pieces of the armor based on how many you've done. And some of those side adventures were multi-part little side quests. It really branched out. Mm. Like, I didn't even finish that side adventure. I got one piece of the armor from it, having done quite a few segments of this quest mm. that had gone off in a bunch of different directions. Mm. It's It's really good at, like forcing you to, like, encouraging you to go back to places you've been to from Breath of the Wild and you mm. think you know, and, like, leading you to them to go, oh, shit, there's something new there that you might not have thought to check for if we hadn't, like, had this big sprawling mm. little side quest take you. I mean, quite early on, there was a few things, sort of, people in the world just generally chatting about, and yeah. I was like, well, I know where that place they mentioned is i want to go and find out what this mystery that's happening is um, yeah. um, what that's all about because that sounds fascinating but like um there was other stuff where like today actually i, I went and played a bit more breath of the wild because i was trying to get some horses mm. um yeah finished up horse stuff finished up before before Tears of the kingdom and there was a place we had gone through during during our initial um, play of Tears of the Kingdom, where things were quite fortified. Yeah, like, not super fortified, but more fortified than I would have expected. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, hi, mm, that 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 seems to have come out of nowhere." I was like, "No, it doesn't," because I literally just rode that place today while trying to take a horse yeah. back to a stable, and it's like. 
oh no, this is just an evolution of what's already here. That, that's and that's very cool. That's what's been really interesting for me, is I've been going back to playing Breath of the Wild, also collecting up those last few horses and stuff. <laughs> and like, I've been doing the same thing, is I've been looking for like the things that are signifiers of what we then saw in Tears of the Kingdom. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. I understand why that is there. I understand what's happening. Um, there's a lot of things that are really... There's a lot of things that are really curious that are, like, I'm only seeing because I'm coming back to Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And, yeah, that's really intriguing. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'm really happy with what I've experienced of this so oh, yeah. far. Yeah, I think I think anyone who is worried that this is just going to be... Um, like a, a little makeover and uh, like a lick of paint and here's, yeah. mm, here's a request for 70 more pounds, please. Or 80, I have yeah. no idea how much this one is. I, I think it, I think it's 70. Who knows with Nintendo. Yeah. Um, but like, it, it doesn't feel like they're just going, we've painted the previous game, we, we ran the previous game through the die yes. shop, give us more money. But for all the people who were worried this was just going to feel like DLC, it's like, there are some elements that are structurally the same way that certain things worked in Breath of the Wild, but uh, not only is like all of the content different and all of the tools you have to tackle it different, uh, but I think from a, like a fundamental perspective, it, it feels like they have taken the excuse of this world already exists and we don't have to set up the lore of these places to just skip ahead a few years and dive right into what interesting stuff can we jam this world full of mm. what because if we've already made the world we can focus on making new things for you to do in it and new stuff to interact with and stuff that is bigger in scope and scale and oh i can't wait for more people to play this because so many of the little things i've started to dip my toes into i'm like i have so many opinions about I can't talk about until until everyone's playing. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like Nintendo's got something special on their hands that like the only people I can see it really pissing off is if you are the kind of person who played Breath of the Wild and very specifically was like I fucking hate that climbing up wet walls in the rain makes me slip and I don't want them to give me a way to fix that problem. I want them to just take it away so that I can that the rain just doesn't make me slip down walls. I like I I don't want weapon durability to be made better. I want it to be gone. I want to just not have durable weapons. If you are like are you talking about Steph. <laughs> I am curious how Steph's going to feel about it, but I feel like there are certain people who will knee jerk reaction go You've given me tools to mitigate the things that annoyed me about Breath of the Wild. I don't want tools to mitigate those things. I, just I want, want those gone. things gone. Yeah. You might be frustrated with this game. Because yeah. this game takes things people have complained about and goes, but we believe in those mechanics. How can we reduce the frustration of them? I mean, as much as the the um, the rain in the, the, um, the rainforest area... like Is it Faron? Uh, yeah, Faron, Faron. yeah really irritate the piss out of me on several occasions. What I failed to understand is get Rivali's Gale. Yes. And don't go trying to climb up near sheer cliffs in the fucking rain. Yeah. You dipshit. Yeah. But I mean, like, without going into specifics, there's, well, you know, one of them I can say because it's fine. If you find a cave in a in a rock wall, you can use that to ascend up a, a mountain in the rain now rather than try to climb it. Like, there are, there's a few others, but there are methods of mitigating these things. I think that is smart for not throwing away their world building rules that they are already committed to. But I know for some people they're going to go, 
No. Yep. And like, there's going to be some people who are going to go, this is too linear and not uh, uh, like as hands off as Breath of the Wild was, and they're not going to like that. There's going to be some people... I hope those people will just get on with it and just yeah. make ridiculous fucking battle mechs. I agree. <laughs> I think there's going to be some people who won't feel like it's gone far enough towards the sort of traditional Zelda formula, mm. but I'm, like, I'm really happy with this as a taking of Breath of the Wild and addressing a lot of the things that I found a little frustrating about it. Mm-hmm. I am also amazed by the the fairly simple ways they've managed to add whole levels of depth to places people have already been. Yes. Yes. Ah. Uh, so yeah, we will, I'm sure a week from now, talk about this in slightly less uh, secretive and but slightly more But only slightly, because people yeah. won't have had much chance. No, but, but uh, a week from now we will, you know, start talking about it in terms of... We'll, we'll start openly talking about the first few hours. Yeah, exactly. But I'm really digging it and I can't wait to uh, later this week, just start a fresh save all the way over from the beginning, alongside when everyone else is starting to play it, and mm-hmm. be like, ah, oh, let's all explore it together. Yay! Well, I'm, I've got to, like, rush through 12 hours or so to to make sure I'm caught up to all the bits. Oh no, I'm just gonna start over from, from scratch. Yeah, but you'll to... know the things. It won't be, won't be fresh, fresh information to go... I am wowed by this. <laughs> well, but yes. I'm, I'm going to take my time and not just going to do those, rush to those things again. Zoom. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to slow down Yee. on this one because I'm not trying to get through stuff to have review thoughts. Or at least until you've got the paraglider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, what else have you played? Uh, largely just more Zelda. More Zelda? Uh, I've been replaying Breath of the Wild. I, yeah. I finished my Master Mode playthrough. Hell yeah. 100%? No, not 100%. I've not done all the fucking Koroks. You did all shrines, though, right? I did all the shrines. I did all the DLC. Did do all photographs. Uh, did, yeah, did all the memories. No, I mean, uh, like, pictures oh, the, of No, I didn't do, stuff. All, didn't do all the pictures of stuff. Uh-huh. Couldn't be asked with the compendium, but... I, I did all the memories, I did all the shrines, I did the, the DLC, I uh, got most of the armour and upgraded all the cool ones. What uh, armour don't you have? I don't know. I haven't checked a comprehensive list, but I feel like I have it all. But, no, I only have half the Zora set. I have the Zora top. Oh, I know there's more to the Zora set, I just never got around to getting it. Oh, yeah, that's fairly easy to find. Yeah, there's, that. there's a few bits that I just didn't bother to pick up. But like, wow. like, Zora set's one of my favourite for just generally getting around the world. No, you're, you're right, I just... You know how it is sometimes. I was playing Master Mode, everything was regening health and yeah. very murdery. I had other things on my mind. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure I would want to play another Zelda in future in Master Mode, but I'm proud of myself for getting over that particular <laughs> challenge. She says, until she gets to yeah, we'll <laughs> see. In Master Mode. But yes, in, in my Fierce Deity set, I, I, I beat the game and had a great time. I still need to collect a lot of bits of Nature before I can build a Fierce Deity set. Ah, uh, yes. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think I've now got all the bits for it, yeah. now, now that I've, I've, I've scanned Majora Link enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've I've been playing through mostly just to get the horses and the horse the fancy horse bridles. I've now got all yeah. the um, so I've got the monster set from uh, Keaton. Yeah, I've got oh, the I've got, um, that. <laughs> I've got the royal set that you get 
after talking to the person to get the after you've got the white horse. Yeah. I've got the um I haven't got the traveller set, which you need um the Breath of the Wild Link horse rider amiibo. Yeah, uh, I think I, I've got that one. I just haven't locked into that one yet. Yeah. Um I have just picked up the uh what's it called? Like the exquisite armor, I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Which you need to do the uh, like show jumping mm. mission for, which is a pain in the ass, yeah. especially if you happen to do it at night because there's electric keys everywhere, <laughs> and they will knock you off the horse, which is immediately dismissal. Uh, got the ancient set that lets you teleport your horse. Yeah, that's the one. Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's the, you have to go and like scoop it out of the ground in two key locations that uh, I won't spoil. Some, something, something like that. Yeah, the one I the one I got today that I nearly threw my switch across the room for, <laughs> um, is the um, I what's it called? Is it knight set? Oh yeah, yeah. Where you have to go and do the horseback archery, mm. Ma- oh, the mounted archery course. So I went along, I got on the thing. I was like, I, I was reading a guide, and the guide was like, "Savage Lionel bows." I was like, "I've got three of those. That'll be fine." They're like, "Bomb arrows." I was like, "I got." Like sixty of those, that'll be fine. Went along on the course. Savage Lionel Bow was not doing it for me at all. Mm. Like made I did the sensible thing. Like I saved before I went in. I didn't like let anything go to waste. Um I luckily had a bunch of Falcons bows, because that's what I've been using to um farm dragons mm. with. Cause it's got really long range and incredible accuracy and like no n- not no real drop off, so it's really easy to like target from a moving object. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to switch to regular arrows and I'm just going to pinpoint all of these targets. And I did okay. Took me a little while. Get lots of scores of 15, lots of scores of 16. Kept having to restart because I kept breaking all of my things. It's like, <laughs> but it's okay. I am getting better at the thing. So I had one run. I got like 22, which is, uh, uh, you need at least 20 to get the first part of the horse armor. It's like, cool. Yeah. Okay. Got that one. Save again. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, didn't waste a bunch of stuff. I'm ready to go back in. Went back in. I was like, oh my god, I've, I've apparently I've, I've hit my stride. I'm ready to do this. I have hit every single target on this course. All I need to do is switch to bomb arrows for <laughs> that last cluster of five because... Yeah. That lets me blow up all of them. It's like, ting, 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 ting. Okay, I've got all the thing. It started raining. Fuck off. My bomb arrows wouldn't light. Ugh. And I couldn't blow the thing. I, I, I always, didn't have enough. I always forget that bomb arrows don't work in the rain. And I discovered that the other night when I was trying to farm Lionel Guts. Ah. Uh, I, I, I was like, one of the last ones I needed... Uh, trying to snipe a Lionel from a distance, and I got a few uh, bomb arrows off. It was doing great damage, uh, using a really good bow. Mm-hmm. And then the rain started, and it just, like, dropped to the floor. This yep. arrow, I was like, oh no. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Oh no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Yes. Um, and then I, that, I think that f- frustrated me so much that for, like, the next six runs, I was only getting, like... 11 scores of 11 is like oh no <laughs> i've been frustrated into failure and then i spent nearly like another 45 minutes doing the course again only to realize there are slightly more targets than you need to hit in order to you only need 23 and there's 25 on the course 
was like, oh no, I missed one. Ah, fuck. Hang on, 24? Okay, I guess I've done it. That's fine. I'm walking away and I'm never doing horseback archery again. Fuck you guys. But yes, I got those. And now I have that armor set. And I'm not even using it. I just have it. Brr. But um, yeah, I've got um, I've got the giant horse. I've got the um, the white horse, which is called Binky, of course. Um, I have a black horse called Phantom, who is super fast, and that one has the um, monster armor on. Mm. And then I've got um, ah, oh, what's the other one called? Oh, Numpkin. I have, oh, yeah, I have a little yeah. Numpkin who uh, is super fast but very weak. <laughs> and has only like three stamina, but I put the ancient armor on that, so it's super fast. Plus, it has uh, boosted stamina. I was like, "Yay, best horse!" Um, and ho- and hopefully, we'll not get injured. It would be very sad if if if, if Numkin got injured. But yeah, um, I've got all the horsey bits, and I've just picked up the rest of the tingle costume because I only had <laughs> I only had the hat I didn't know there was any uh, the oh, rest yeah, of it yeah. I should have known there's a fucking mission for it in my in yeah my the quest I haven't completed yet um so I got that I've also just picked up um ah oh, what was the other one something I hadn't got can't remember anyway I had I had a, a whole bunch of fun running around in the pissing rain being chased by um guardians trying to get like the last couple of bits of the tingle armor. <laughs> I was like, yeah, this will be fine. Oh, oh no, oh no. And it was dark as well, so I kept getting like, um, um, stal moblins after me. It was like, no. But yeah, still enjoying Breath of the Wild. Shall we talk about more Zelda? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've also both been finishing up playing Age of Calamity. I don't know if finishing is or accurate. Playing, playing as much Age of Calamity as we're <laughs> likely to before Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Wrapping up as much as we're going to see. I, I mean, this is the first time I played through the DLC, so yeah. How yeah? How did you find it? Um, I appreciated the fact that the DLC, once you've hit level seventy-eight, and and it's sort of feasible. Um, that for the most part, you can just keep doing those missions. They generate a huge amount of cash. Yeah. And they will help you get things that will make doing those particular trials faster anyway. Yes. So you can just keep feeding into that. Like, the the fact that you can, like, I think put, like, 40 extra weapon slots. Which, if you're going for good fusion options, is absolutely essential. Not not having to so frequently go in and deal with your weapon slots is so nice. And it's given me a better opportunity to, like, take time and understand that. Because as much as you can expand little bits of, of uh, of the weapon stash generally, it's never quite enough. But just going... Here's two quests. You do these quests, you'll get 40 extra weapon slots. Like, okay, Fuck I guess. Yes. I guess that'll do. Um, I finally completed all the bits I needed for the little, um, what's it? Trell? Tremo? 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 Oh, the little egg, Tre- egg bot. Trico. No, um, I know its name, but now you Terico. said. Terico. Terico. Yes. You said too many similar names and my brain was like, those are all I know now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I finally finished that questing and got all the bits uh, for Terico, who I have now upgraded, which means I can go back in and do that first, um, EX mission and actually defeat Harbinger Ganon at the end rather than getting that, the, the proper story where I get defeated and <laughs> have to be fished out and saved. Um, that was quite satisfying. 
Some of those missions are kind of bullshit. Find three hydro melons. There are literally only three hydro melons in this mission. And if you fuck it up, then you don't get another go at it. Um, those ones kind of suck. The the one I'm stuck on at the moment is defeat a hundred enemies with ice attacks, because apparently Cryonis doesn't count unless it's in water. I was mm. like, Cryonis, that's that's the ice one. So no, no, it doesn't count. It only counts if you freeze them in the water because you've done Cryonis, mm. and that sucks. I got the Master Cycle Zero for Zelda. That's a just a ridiculous fucking weapon. Yeah. Um, but in the funnest way, I love the Cryonis for that, because you just ride along the top of the the blocks oh, yeah, for miles. Oh, yeah, like a staircase. <laughs> yeah, and then you just, ri- like, just yeah. ride along this sort of raised platform for a while. Uh, it's great against Hinoxes. Yeah. Let Zelda ride a motorcycle in more games. Every right. video game, whether it's a Zelda game or not, should <laughs> let Zelda be in it and drive a motorcycle. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm enjoying the nunchucks. They are ridiculous as well. Right. I've got the the strongest version of the nunchucks, and they are just yes. They're they're being like they're like now do like a hundred and forty uh, is as their base damage. Yeah. For anyone who's not played this, Link in the DLC for Age of Calamity can get a pair of what I can best describe as cyber nunchucks that can be used to steal weapons from enemies and create laser versions of those weapons to swing around. Yep. It's fucking great. Which is great, because they always look so confused when you hit them with those yeah, weapons. Yeah, that is, that is by far the the thing that Age of Calamity introduces, where I'm like, this should be a mechanic. 100%. Like, I don't know, maybe it's in Tears of the Kingdom, maybe. I want it to be there. Um, And I got the, the battle-hardened, or the battle-tested um guardian mm. character. Which I didn't even know was a thing. That was a tough fight. Kind of bullshit. But I, I now have that character. And I guess I can now play as a guardian. Which is weird. And, and as clunky as um, playing uh, as the fucking um, great fairies. Yeah. Also, I had I had a weird experience of one of the levels. Um, was it the, the Vi competition? mission oh. where you have to fight against all the female characters yeah and you fight against the great fairy and it's like i had not really registered the scale at well while playing as them. i'd only registered their <laughs> scale when i tried to use them in a giga hideout mission <laughs> uh they they don't fit they they, they almost fit <laughs> kind of <laughs> they, they yeah like weirdly as as much as i have enjoyed the ridiculousness of the dlc stuff i've not really played with Pura and robbie yet they are interesting. I, I think I've done like one mission with them, mm. which is their training mission. Um, I have a giant chainsaw mech with them. That's kind of fun. The the thing that kind of got me is um, Terrico occasionally clips through the floor. Yeah, gets gets like stomped on or moved around through geometry in weird ways. Like there's a couple of times where I've just started falling out of a level and then popped back in. I'm glad I recovered, because that would have annoyed the piss out of me. Um, I've had weird things with the um, battle-tested Guardian, where it's just, like, too big and, and seems to clip through the side of things. So, it's fun, but also, like, doesn't feel nearly as polished as the base game. Which is unfortunate, but very much enjoying motorcycle and nunchucks, nonetheless. Yeah. But, um... And I, I do like the fact that once you get the option to expand the shops, it gets much fucking easier to keep things like Goron Spice in stock. 
Because there are so many things like, yeah, you need like 20 Goron Spice for this. Like, you need that for food so I can hit harder. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, what else? What have you played? Have you played anything else? Uh, well, I mean, we've been talking about play, played stuff uh, quite a lengthy amount this episode. Oh. We we got a couple of little bits. Uh, or I know you've got a, uh, another thing you played, but we played the Pillbug expansion for Hive. Yes. Uh, which we talked about Hive last week. I think it's yeah. the uh, you've got insects. They move in different movement patterns. It's kind of like chess, but with little hexes of insects. Oh. Uh, the pill bug. Do you want to explain how the pill bug works? So the pill bug special, um, because it can move one space around the hive, or it can basically pick something up from one position, put it onto itself, and then drop it to another position around it. Yes. Which is great for, this thing is pinning my queen. Well, I'm just going to send it away. Yes. it's <laughs> The pill bug is really fascinating offensively because it can break... Uh, otherwise difficult board states by, like, moving stuff that is defensive walls out of the way to make spots in. Yep, just popping the queen completely out of a uh, gap. Yeah, but it can also, as you said, uh, it it can be used to be like, I'm nearly entirely surrounded, my queen is just going to hop out of that carefully constructed Mm -hmm. circle you were trying to make. Yep. Uh, It it pairs really interestingly with stuff like um, the, uh, the beetle, and its ability yes. to lock stuff down. Uh, oh, yeah. Because when you can cause pieces to hop entirely, being able to pin things in one place is a lot more important. Mm-hmm. It pins, interestingly, with the uh, with the mosquito. Yeah, it goes great with the mosquito, because the yeah. mosquito just copies the pill bug and is a spare pill bug. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, I, I don't know if it's just, like, whether it was the pill bug expansion itself or just having played more of the game... I started to realise the importance of the mosquito a lot more mm. uh, once we introduced the pill bug. Yes. Like, in terms of, like, d- the ability to double up a beetle or a pill bug are both, like, really good offensive and defensive tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good things to keep near your queen as a sort of ways to get out of problems or, like, stop enemies um, getting to places you really don't want them. Yeah. So it was, it was cool to do that, and I am... Um, um, like our games have gone from being like, oh, this might be a couple of minutes to what the the yeah. game actually lists itself as as approximately twenty minutes per game. Yeah, and I mean, occasionally it's still like that, but we're we're, we're getting more consistent at having more in depth. And uh, yeah, and skirmishes. I think we're getting better at spotting yeah. like where our fuck ups are. Yeah, like I still <laughs> don't have a good logic for like sensible opening moves. Mm. But I once a board state is established, I can see the logic of how to progress it. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? Um. Well, I played. Uh, well, I. Well, I haven't necessarily played the Zor this week, but I keep forgetting to mention them. I played the first three room the room games. Yeah. Because uh, Steam had a big sale on puzzly games, and I love me a puzzly game. So the the room or the first one at least is. What if a very fancy puzzle box? You know how expensive puzzle boxes are? You know how occasionally you'll see people on YouTube who are like, I got this £10,000 puzzle box. Watch me work through it. It's like, that is a beautiful piece of equipment. It It is amazing. It's got so many cool features. I, I love watching... Um, the people on TikTok who do like the carpentry skills of like, I've made this amazing desk and it's got all these cool weird features, but you'll never be able to afford it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, damn right. What if digital that, but now in your own home? Um, like the first one 
feels both kind of like a mobile game, and I suspect it was available on like uh, like Apple. I I th- I might be wrong. I think one of them was an Apple Arcade yeah. thing, uh, Apple Arcade or like App Store yeah. exclusive type thing. Um, f- the first one I I really liked because it does feel like here is a fancy puzzle box that you would never be able to afford. Do the thing. You get to live like the people who can afford to do very fancy puzzle boxes, and it's like I'm really enjoying this. And although it like has some mechanics, there's this weird thing like you get a um uh, like a spyglass, like a like a monocular thing, mm. and it's it's got a special lens in it, and oh, you can see stuff that is maybe it's in like UV type stuff, or maybe you can see through this weird material, but also somehow you're interacting through these particular green fuzzy panels, yeah. and that does something weird. Um, so there is a little bit of like fantasy physics in there as well, but for the most part it does feel like a, a good logical like puzzle box type thing, which I think I appreciated coming out of that um, lovely escape room the other week. Yeah. The plot's a bit wild for the first one especially and didn't necessarily feel necessary but it's like okay fine you had some ideas and you wanted to connect them all together very much enjoyed the first one especially like oh i found a puzzle box in a puzzle box oh and also sometimes there's puzzly stuff in uh in your inventory particularly enjoyed things like keys that work in two different directions <laughs> and that game has a couple of those like oh the keyway looks like this but you've got a key that looks like this we'll pop into your inventory move manipulate the key in some way and now it goes in that hole it's like that's a really cool t- cool idea hey. i really enjoyed that and the second one expands on that a little bit with with weird key stuff but also goes on this weird time and space adventure that i was like okay sure if if we have to um <laughs> the ending was kind of weird but didn't and didn't make a lot of sense it was like okay i guess i solved a bunch of puzzles it felt less like cool puzzle box that i had enjoyed from the first one and more like we invented a plot and now we're gonna go wild with it <laughs> um so it was a bit more almost escape roomy because it was like just larger scale stuff of like you're gonna have to go over to this r- side of the room and move a mirror so that it points a laser at this other thing and also the second one had a bunch of Bullshit stuff of, mm, but you didn't look under a drawer. No, I looked in the drawer. I didn't look at the bottom of the fucking drawer for the answer yeah. to a couple of things. And that was the only one time that felt bullshit. The third one is, again, very much escape room rather than puzzle box. And there's lots of like, hey, you did this thing and now you can go into a different room. You've like You've solved the mystery to unlock that. But there's still stuff in here that's not been solved. Uh, but don't worry about that. We'll get back to that. Like there was, there was uh, a grate on the wall that had, um, like th- the the bolts on it looked weird, and I was like, I think I recognised that type of bolt from one of the previous games in this series. And the fact that I can zoom in on the bolts implies that I'm going to get to do something with them later. But also, I can't solve that right now. And you kind of have to get okay with that a little bit although that can throw you off in later puzzles it's like am i done with this tiny room 
I, I've done like a couple, manipulated a couple of things and I've got some kind of tool and I think I know where it goes, but is there anything else in this room? And you do spend a lot longer just going, okay, is there anything in the background? Can I just click, 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 click? A lot of that, like, am I pixel hunting at this point or am I done with this room? Because it hasn't mm. told me it's okay to move on. And I know that this game is not above going, there is a little bit more. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Mm. Um, so the third one has got a little bit convoluted with that. I will, I'm, I think I'm most of the way through it, but I did a like two and a half hour stream and I was like, that's, I need to sleep. Yeah. So I will probably pick that up again on Thursday, but enjoying it, enjoying the third one better than the second one so far, even though once again, plot is kind of bullshit. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a bit more fantastical, this one, but still, the the puzzles have felt good, at least. What about you? Have you played anything else? Ah, uh, no, that's about it for me. Okay, well, we'll quickly talk about the fact that we played some Pandemic oh, Legacy yes. Season 2. Yeah. Uh, so we have a friend group who have not played it yet. Um, we played through Season 1 with them. Yep. Or we, for the most part. We've talked about this before. It's a sort of evolving board game that changes each time you play it over yeah. a series of rounds about trying to stop diseases spreading. Season two is sort of the inverse. It's like, the diseases have already happened. Now, make sure that you, the people on the mainland are fed. Here is your, like, starting base. You are putting cubes onto the boards. And the equivalent of, of being infected is they run out of supplies. The supplies are going away. Yeah, so you're trying to keep cubes on the board rather than take cubes off the board. But there's the additional step of you have to make the resources before you can put them out on the board. And that's mm-hmm. like one additional thing that you have to deal with. Yep. And there is very little map when you start and you, it's up to you to do something about that. And it is still really fucking hard, especially yeah. if you are very much in the mindset of like classic um, pandemic of we can just use the outbreaks as, as another another timer that's fine it's, it's fine it's a fascinating little inversion that is that uses so many mechanics one to one from from regular pandemic but feels so different in the execution yeah. like it changes so little to such great effect mm. like the fact that you've got so few cities to start with but there are multiple um, iterations of them in yeah. the infection deck. It, so it's like, ah, we don't have to worry about London. London hasn't come up yet. But, oh, oh sorry, we don't have to worry about, um, say, uh, Lagos. Lagos has already come out twice. That's not going to be a problem. It's yeah. like, now we've got an epidemic that uh, the third Lagos card has come off the bottom of the deck. Yes. It's like, well, actually, we it's, need to do all of those yes, again. Yes, there are fewer places you need to be. But a place can become a problem so much quicker. So much and quicker. And that change of balance is really interesting. There is a, a real great need to make sure that you stay spread out and putting out fires and only at the very last minute going, okay, I'm going to meet you somewhere and we're going to swap some information so that we can actually try and come up with some way of fixing these problems. But for the most part, like it is just like, desperately trying to put out fires with like and and the game like announces right from the big very beginning it was like shit's fucked we're not gonna have enough food at the end of the year so now is the time to solve the problem yeah you've got a year to solve everything that might be on this map go good luck and also you can't see most of the map bye (laughs) and it's like yeah 
yeah, it's it's stressful. Um, we, I think the same as in in our game, in our test game, like it comes with a prologue. It's like, hey, you don't know how to play this yet, and you probably don't want to get into the legacy aspect of this until you understand it and the the rhythm of it. So we lost our prologue game in, in, <laughs> yeah, in this did. game. We won our second one. It's like, okay, we kind of understand the rhythm. We lost January. <laughs> played January again and won. We lost our first game in February and won the second. It's like, yeah. we can win with six um, funding. <laughs> we cannot win with four at the moment. Oh, no, no. It's we, we could win with four, but we couldn't win with two. No, no, no. Wasn't it? No, it was four and six. Ah, uh, you might be right, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I only know this because I was the one making up the decks. It's like, horror. But uh, yes, it's 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 tough, stressful, and requires very different skills while basically appearing to be oh, it's just backwards pandemic. It's not just backwards Ooh. pandemic. There's so much more. Um, but yeah, um, enjoying second playthrough, even if it is quite stressful. But it's stressful in a fun group. You know what they say about it being more fun with your friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that is everything I've played. Well then, time for this. You know, like, AI, yeah? Yeah. You know, like, AI and, like, people are like, ooh, that's gonna, they're, they're using it to steal all the art, and now they're gonna replace artists with, yeah, with like, AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I have been working on my own AI. Yeah. I am going to completely replace a small minority with this, uh, you know, artificial intelligence that I have designed. Now, if you look carefully, right, what it does, you'll notice that it, it's, uh, it will throw a hissy fit, but that is all part of the programming. Deliberately so, right? It's not just, you know offensive for no reason and it's not also not just a chatbot as you might expect it gets weirdly offended about things and makes a lot of tweets occasionally tries to buy a company luckily i've uh, pulled that back but this is my ai billionaire and i'm using it to replace all the real world billionaires oh uh, yeah and once they've gathered all the money right I'm just going to redistribute it all, while also having completely replaced all of the real-world billionaires. We just don't need them anymore. They're surplus to requirement. Mm. And then I'll just turn the program off, and uh, we don't have to worry about billionaires anymore. Yeah. Oh, look, it's trying to buy itself now. <laughs> oh, yeah, you keep calling me a slay, little twat. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell. I see. Oh, You've so rearranged sorry. the living room somewhat. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was um trying to find combinations of things that would make my living room experience superior. Okay. Uh, I mean, usually I just hoover. Well, well, it's fine. See, cuz I've been using the new fuse ability. Right, right. Uh that I learned from Zelda uh yes. to to do some fusions. So I I fused the remote uh, for the TV to this string. Is that my green therapy putty? Uh, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, okay. I fused the, the remote to the string, and now I can t bring the remote over without having to get up and disturb Smudge. Cool. Would you not just... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 so other things. Mm -hmm. I fused this ice cube with Ooh. this drink. Ah. I made a, a cold drink. That's good. Fusion. Uh, cold fusion. 
You've just got confusion. I've cold fused. Uh, I fused this Zelda game to my Switch, and that produces fun. Yes. That is the nature of that device. I'm fusion. Yes. I'm going to fuse me to you for this hug. Oh, Oh, okay, I approve of this. Mm. Oh, and Smudge, too. This is dub- I like the fact that we can double fuse things. Yeah. Now, do you think we can fuse the three of us with ice cream? <gasps> yeah. So, what have you put in your eyes? Well, uh, what, have, what have we put in our eyes? Uh, we finished watching The Good Place. We did. Uh, that is such a tightly packed polished show yes it is that show is concise without feeling rushed and gets so much into four short seasons oh yes you don't even notice the fact they're like 22 minute episodes we talked about this last week for uh, for anyone who missed last week's episode it's a show about someone who has died and finds themselves in the afterlife but it's okay they're in the good place um and the conceits that follow that um, I don't think we've given many more spoilers than that, but many, many things happen along the way, and we learn lots about um various uh, schools of philosophy and and schools of thought about what it is to be moral and so forth throughout the course of of the story, and it's fascinating and beautiful, and in what are we saying, like four hours per season? Yeah, about four hours per season. And maybe five for the last one, because that yeah. last episode, I think, is about an hour long, or at least 45 yeah. minutes. And it's tightly packed story, tightly packed story, tightly packed story, tightly packed story. The end will basically be, if it's, let's say it's, it is 45 minutes, that's going to be 35 minutes of just uncontrollable sobbing. Wait. Having watched this, like, all back-to-back in quick succession, I think a thing that is to this show's credit is how smoothly it transitions what the show is trying to be very effortlessly multiple times. Mm -hmm. Like, it goes from starting as essentially, like, it almost feels like a pastiche of very typical, predictable TV sitcom uh, energy into, by the end, being, like, quite an in-depth, complex uh, discussion of the flaws with a lot of uh, schools of philosophy and a lot of ways of viewing religious views of afterlife and mm-hmm. and re- uh, morality. That and doesn't... and the, in some ways the practicality yeah. of what um, certain uh, schools yeah. of... of morality, philosophy, um, and... Uh, uh, whatever religion comes under theo- yeah. Theo- the- uh, the- yeah theology theology um like where what what that practically means yeah. because it's one thing to go oh yes it's an infinite thing and and everyone is is happy all the time and yeah. they they sit on the clouds playing harps or what whatever your, yeah. your version might be is like yes but what would that be like yes but it does that while you know, having commentary that feels very apt and present of the real, like, oh, the current real yeah. world, without feeling like it's ever getting bogged down or preachy. It's just, yeah. it, it it effortlessly does that without making it feel obvious that that's what it's doing, yeah. while still being a fun, sweet, character-driven story. Uh, it is just, 
It is a superb piece of TV mm. start to finish. And, see, I mean, from my point of view, I wouldn't say it managed to be preachy, but, like, you grew up way more religious than I. Um, so, like, do you, th- do you think there is anything in there that anyone might find is sort of preaching at them? No, I, I, I think that, like... Or going, you're wrong. Because no, it never seems I, to take that attitude. It's just no. like, no, it's just different. Yeah. It's I, almost what you thought it I, was. I but think, not. like, the closest I think it gets to being preachy is nothing to do with religion. Like, I think the closest it gets to being a little on the nose, like, uh, critique is the, uh, the Good Place Council mm. in the latter seasons definitely seeming like a critique of, like, supposedly left-wing political parties that don't actually get anything done because they're too busy with the decorum and and the process of mm. things rather than just doing things that will make things better for the people that they're supposedly the yeah. people there to protect and better. Like, there's a bit of that that's a little, like, maybe a little on-the-nose critique of, like, uh, polit- the state of certain political parties today, but, like... The religious stuff, I think it's pretty clear of, like, we're not gonna say that one religion, like, they're very clear to be like, all religions are mostly right, but a little bit wrong. Yeah. And I mean, that's, like, yeah. very early on. There's yeah. like, everyone, you know, bits, everyone got it kind of yeah. right, most except of them for Doug. In, yeah. <laughs> except for Doug. Yeah. I, I think that by going, like, look, most religions got it about 95% right, but we're just setting this in a world where, like, it was something kind of like what everyone believes. Um, like I feel like it sidesteps a lot of the things that could cause outrage. That I'm su- I'm surprised at how well it danced around mm. causing upset. Yeah, and still leaves room for interpretation of all manner of things. Um, but yeah, like by the time you have been on this adventure and fallen in love with some of the characters, or indeed come to hate some of them, that last episode is. Beautiful and soul-destroying. Mm. And I'm getting weepy thinking about it. What else have we watched? Uh, I watched a couple <laughs> of YouTube videos I can quickly talk about. Yes. I watched a video... Uh, well, uh, we watched some of it together, and uh, I watched uh, some more of it. My Final Breath of the Wild speedrun by Limcube. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is the one we were watching yesterday when we had dinner, the... Uh, uh, all shrines Breath of the Wild speedrun. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to go to every si- go to and complete every single shrine in the game in as efficient a route as possible. It was an interesting little look at stringing together multiple hours of speedrunning tricks, and mm-hmm. because it's like a five hour long speedrun, it was interesting seeing how many things you have to like consistently back to back do to make it work. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting one. It's well commentated. It's it's good and informative. Uh, I also watched a video called uh, Poor Patrol's Dark Secret Explained by Skip Intro. Okay. Which is a video that, like, on its surface is, like, making the fairly ob- like, fairly low-hanging fruit observation. The children's show Poor Patrol about a series of dogs that are emergency services characters is... Kind of, kind of copaganda, and like it's easy to point at it and go, "There's a dog that's a cop." It's copaganda, but this video kind of digs more into uh, some of the things that this show sort of reinforces in interesting ways. And like, I, I'm gonna boil it da- down to like one example, which is uh, no matter what kind of emergency this group of dogs is faced with, no matter what the nature of the emergency, the police dog Chase is always sent on the mission. 
Uh, other dogs sometimes come, sometimes not, depending on their relevance to the mission. The police dog is always sent out in every single case. And looking at that in the context of, like, in the real world, how we sort of overuse police and send police to situations they are not trained for, because they are the de facto assumed response that, like, it's always good to have a cop there, sort of belief, and how that is perpetuated in the treatment of this police dog. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more to it, but, like, basically a lot of the, like, yeah, sure, it's, it's, a, it's a dog that's a hero in a, uh, that's a cop that's a hero in a kid's show, but there is a lot of, like, real-world attitudes towards police that are weirdly reflected in how Paw Patrol as a show operates. Mm. Uh, what about you? What have you watched this week? Oh, uh, well, talking of things that are a bit heavy, I'm gonna gonna talk about a thing that was a bit heavy. Uh, so I watched uh, Trauma is Trauma, a mental health talk with Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, creator of things like Clerks and Clerks 2 and the Clerks animated series and the Clerks comic books and other stuff, I'm being facetious. Um... I think anyone who's watched a decent amount of his stuff, especially things that aren't just the films, will have some idea that he's been on multiple journeys throughout his life. And apparently, within the last few months, had kind of a breakdown uh, involving just complete self-depersonalization. It's like, that is... Yeah, I can see why you needed to get some serious therapy for that and he talks about the um not recognizing your own trauma mm. like oh it just it, it wasn't a big thing i didn't get, i didn't get hurt i didn't you know didn't lose an arm or anything i you know i wasn't seriously wounded i does that's not trauma it, it is though it happened to to four-year-old you and yeah. con- content warning for multiple things obviously talk of addiction um uh, CSA and uh, uh, just poor trauma responses and yeah. misuse of drugs. I'm not going to mention it here or, or relate it. Go watch the thing if you want. It's like 35 minutes long, and it it starts as a talk about first of all, like I ended up in therapy or or ended up as an inpatient because I was um I just completely de- depersonalized, smoked too much weed. Yeah, let the personality that I use for out in public, yeah. Like, um, like I think we've both talked about it. Like the 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 on. Yes. This is this is me on. This is on me can do no wrong. On and then generally, I mean us less yeah. so, but other people who are like, yes, I need that personality. Otherwise, I cannot get up and do in front of people. Yeah. And uh, going to therapy, and uh, in some some of that even big group therapy, like at a um, at the um, facility that you went to, mm. and being like, yeah, and I'm there, and there's like war veterans and shit. It's like, okay, well, the, yeah, I mean, like, like I, oh, group therapy. I can't. I I feel like I can't follow up the. I watched a bunch of my friends die. Yeah, with. This happened to me when I was four. Yeah. Feelings are complicated. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting, like, 35 minute, 40, 40 minute um, talk about mental health problems, addressing them, and not downplaying just because you haven't had the same experiences as someone else. Hmm. So, yeah. It's a good talk if you think you can manage it. 
Yes. Gotta be in the frame of mind for yes. it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, not just the guy who makes a lot of dick and, and weed jokes <laughs> yeah. with his friend in multiple movies. Um, yeah, worth a watch if you think think you are feeling good for that. Um, important messages. Yeah. And what about you? What have you watched? Uh, that's about it for me. It's not been a very uh, watched heavy week. Not a watch- no, we've yeah. been busy. We've been- what we have watched is the consoles in our hands, let's that, be honest. That, that has been a lot of it. Well then... <gasps> Time for this. Hey, Laura. <gasps> We've got a new sponsor. Oh, tell me about the new sponsor. Well, do you like video game? I do like video game. Do you like video game and sometimes go, I had an amazing experience with this. If only I could have that first time again. Oh, that first time experience really is quite unique. It's, it's you know, yeah, I'd love to have the first experience again. Well, come on over to likethefirsttime.lol.net. Don't they know. will stab you in the brain with needles. Oh, I'm not sure I like that. We'll just gloss over that. They will, sorry, I should have said that faster. They will stab you in the brain with needles. Ah, I didn't hear what you said, so it's fine. Remove something in memory. Uh, I didn't hear that either. And once your memory's gone, you'll be able to experience And then you'll be able to experience it for the first time. They're going to they're gonna stab me in the head with needles and steal some of my memories, aren't they? Not steal, just delete a bit. I mean, it would be good to be able to play Breath of the Pod like I'd never played it before. That would be kind of magical. Right? I know, for me, if I could play Wind Waker, like, <gasps> oh. uh, like for the first time again, like, oh, there was a God. lot of trauma following me around that particular part of my life. Like, some of that might get zapped as well. That I wouldn't well, have a lovely. problem if that happened. Oh, as, yeah, please. imagine if I was just, like, uh, uh, disabused of that particular the problem. Mental connection. Yeah. Like, I'd just be like, yeah, Octoroks, yeah, I'm a good see, yeah, I'd, I'd love that. That'd be great. So that is likethefirsttime.lol.net. Enter code QNPS260. I think I'm pretty sure I know which episode we're on this week. Maybe. Yeah. I was right last week. Oh, look at you go. I'm pretty sure it's 260. Anyway, enter that code and you can get 10% off your first four games. Oh. I'm going to get Day of the Tentacle and Wind Waker. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been looking at the player numbers. Right. And, uh, Going up. Ever up. I mean, look, here's the, you know, general trend. Numbers go up, numbers yeah. go up, numbers yeah, go yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just had yeah. that new DLC. Exactly. Numbers have been going up like crazy. Nice. Except, like, literally today, numbers go way down. Why, 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 why numbers why, go down? Numbers, numbers are like down. almost zero. Are you, are you doing the thing that I did last year where I held the chart upside down for a bit? No, 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 because uh, if I turned the chart upside down, it would look like uh, most of the time we were going down and this was only a, this was a spike, but we were usually going down. We, we're right. usually going up. This is right, a, right. This right. is a fall. Uh, and I, I think I've tracked down what happened. Right. Uh, apparently, who, who did this? Well, no one, no one here, unfortunately. Apparently, a new uh, prophecy of Zebdo came out again. Yeah, didn't they have one of these like five years ago? Yeah, like five or six. But apparently, oh, it's the big thing. It's all anyone wants to play. It's apparently real good. Oh, it's so interesting. I mean, I want to play it now. I know it's now it's yeah. Out. I know, but we, you know, we 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 can play it because we're executives. We get yeah. You know, we 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 make the money. They Apparently shouldn't be doing it. So, like, how do we psychologically manipulate everyone back to our game? Because, like, they're having fun with that game. 
can How do we, we get them to play this? Can we turn Zebdo into some kind of milkshake dog? Uh, I, it, it's going to be tricky to do that if they're too busy playing Zebdo to notice our attempts to milkshake duck. Can we make uh, the company that makes Prophecy of Zebdo um, seem like they're horribly heavy-handed and very anti-consumer and the kind of people that shut down, like, fan projects or... Oh, no, uh, like, no, uh, it's, it's already publicly known that they're like that, and apparently their games are so good that, like, people just don't care. Right, I, right. I... <sighs> I've got a, I've got a strategy. I don't know if this is going to work. Right, yeah. yeah uh, you know, we, I don't think we can win people back by, you know, making our game more fun than theirs. It's prophecy of Zebdo. That's never going to happen. Never going to happen. But good old just emotional, psychological manipulation. Uh, right. We, what if we make uh, a new skin or a new gun or something like that that is uh, a- absolutely outclasses anything currently in Call of Duty? Right. And like, we make it limited, limited time only. You yep, have to yep. get it during the first week of Prophecy of Zebdo being Exactly. If we, and... like, you know, crunch the interns to get this made, like, right now, and we go, you've got to be playing, like, real loads of hours this week, or you'll never get by far the only competitively viable gun. Right. You know, we, you know, we can't outfund them, but we can make the game they've already bought essentially no fun for them anymore unless they play it this week specifically. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? I'm gonna be honest, it's largely been Breath of the Wild soundtrack, like, (laughs) while trying to formulate thoughts about Tears of the Kingdom. Mm -hmm. It's been a lot of, like, put Zelda music on that I can find a soundtrack of online to get me in the headspace to go, what do I think about Zelda? That's that's that's, be, that's been my week. Yeah, just in Zelda music. It it was kind of weird. Um, at one point today, going back, going through areas that I don't tend to go to a lot. Obviously, otherwise I'd have got the horses considerably <laughs> earlier. And going, actually, the the theme music for this area is music that I heard in Tis the Kingdom. But I hadn't heard it in so long because I don't usually go to those places, mm. and I didn't recognize like. What that is. Whereas playing to the beginning was going, mm, it's putting me on edge. Well, I'm that <laughs> anxious. I, this, this music is making me anxious. <laughs> For obvious reasons, if you know all the musical cues in that game, it's like, oh, hang on, it's fine. This is just what this bit sounds like. Yes, I've not just, been here in a while. It just sounds reminiscent of a sound that makes you terrified. Yes. Well done, music. You've done the job that music did. You've Pavlov to terror into me. Yeah. <laughs> Unspeakable horrors beyond my squid-based imaginings. Yeah. yeah, I've been listening to, to old stuff again. I've listened to a little bit more Night Vale. Not much more to say on that at the moment. Another Dessa track the, the, for the for the music. Yeah. Do you there's, know what, there's, what the track was? It's something Fire, fire Drills, is it? Oh, Fire Drills. Fire Drills is a fucking great track. That was at the point that that album was coming out. So yeah. I, I'm at that point in, I think, 2018. Yes. It's interesting. Lots of things I've been watching recently converged in around 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so Fire Drills is a track off of, I think the album's called Chimes. Mm. Absolutely fantastic album. Fire Drills is one of my favourite tracks on it. That is a track that is just very directly about womanhood often being boiled down to the idea of like having to have sort of things like whisper networks and like being defensive and keeping yourself safe through your actions from 
people who are not always safe for women to be around mm. and being like womanhood cannot be defined by as as the song puts it a, a life of running fire drills mm. of being constantly like practicing what am i going to do when the bad thing happens and trying to take some degree of like ownership and control back in that situation but like it's such a it's such an interesting piece of music in terms of like how it mixes its sounds together mm. It is, there's a lot happening in that track. Yes, which is why it fits very well into Night Vale. Yes. But um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I heard some of that, and I, and I know you're a big fan of, of the Dessa. Uh, listen to uh, just a bunch of old mixes. We had a couple, just like two days of really nice weather. So I mm. uh, had a couple of like nice long walks, and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to podcasts. I know I am running behind on a few podcasts, and I need to catch up. It's like, I just want to listen to some actual music and enjoy walking in the sunshine. Yay. Even though I am currently trying to keep all my fresh tattoos covered up <laughs> and or covered in sun cream. Um, but it was nice to just go up and wander around some green spaces and listen to uh, a bunch of mixes. I listened to that DJ Gamma uh, Do You Want to Build a Snowman mix? Ooh. Which is ridiculous hardcore all the way through in the way that Gamma do. Um... And a bunch of the Jam On It Productions Bounce Beats yeah. mixes. Uh, they're all like an hour, hour and a half long. And I think I think the channel is still up on YouTube. I I got all of their mixes many many years ago. They're probably God. They're probably about twelve years old now. But um, it's lots of like wig and pier bounce type stuff, usually with uh, samples of whatever was pop music, whatever was it, like. Mm, Interesting pop music 12 years ago uh, with, like, very donkey bounce over the top of it. That is about everything I've listened to. Well then, time for this. Do you ever? Yes? Would you like more? No. Have you? Maybe. Will you again? Perhaps. Do you want more of and less, but while... Not paying too much for the... I don't know. Your problem over. Now all things solved. Don't worry. You won't have to. Instead, just $69.99. Um, that's maybe a good deal. Money, please. I mean, what, 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 what is it? I'll start again. Do you ever... <laughs> Oh, God, I forgot it was a bank holiday. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, um, I have only got enough meds for today, and we have to get through two more days before the pharmacy is oh, open again. Oh, yeah, I see. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, well, I guess there's only one thing for it. Is Is it finally time? It is... I hope, well, you know, I, th I think I've watched enough videos. I think I understand how to do this. Okay, okay. So, if I give you this bottle. Yep. And then I'm just gonna knock this bow and drop it. And knock this bow and drop it. And knock this bow and drop it. And knock this bow and drop it. Don't ask me where I got these bows from. Okay. The bow store was open, funnily enough, but not the pharmacy. And I knock this bow... With three arrows, and I drop it, and I knock this bow, and I drop it, and I knock this bow, and I drop it, and I knock this bow, and I drop it. Now, 
Have my legs disappeared? Uh, should they have? Oh. Okay, I'll knock this bow and I drop it. Oh, oh there they go. Okay, my legs have disappeared. Now I go into my menu oh. and I... Okay, yes, now I'm just a floating head, but I'm going to appear to pick up all of something. Now, you can't see that because you can't see my arms, no, I'm guessing. No, no, I can't. Right, now I'm going to sell you this nothing. Okay, I... Purchase your nothing. You can feel it though, right? Yeah. Cool, cool, okay. cool. Now give, hand me back the jar. Okay. That's a full jar. I have a handful of nothing. And my legs haven't reappeared. You but do I have do have enough meds to get me through the weekend. What if I put the nothing where your legs were? Well, that feels weird. Because I can, f- can feel them. <laughs> ah. Hmm... It's fine. Save and reload. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's, well, I mean, definitely save. Now I've got all the the meds. Now, do we have any cake left? <gasps> do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, mate. You know, I'm. Uh, all my sore bits have been very, very sore at the moment. I'll be honest. You, you, you doing all right? Uh, same, same. Yeah. But uh, you know, I've been a bit frustrated watching the uh, all the stuff with the Royals recently. Oh yeah, it's a massive waste of funds. While also, you know. Who could be going for all the helping with all the the food banks and imagine how much food they could have given to people. Right, right. It's a whole load of expensive wankery for posh yeah, rats, yeah, but yeah. I've particularly been annoyed watching all the uh, heavy-handed response to not just protesters, but also people who weren't protesters who were just tangentially maybe similar to protesters. Over the uh, over the coronation weekend, yeah, I mean we saw a lot of you know the the teams that go out and, and look after you know homeless people and make sure uh, they're uh, you know this this as safe as can be out there while while still remaining unhoused and uh, you know groups like that a lot of them tend to carry things like uh, you know uh, rape alarms things like that yeah and, and those uh, were getting you know confiscated and those people arrested for like. Well, what if you used them in protest? Yeah, yeah the, the Met Police responded saying, oh, we, we'd had a threat that they were plan- the, uh, a group were planning to throw rape alarms at the king as part of the coronation uh, to cause uh, a disturbance. So we, we shut down anyone we, we caught with, with such a personal uh, alarm. As, as a side note, uh, as someone who has been to some protests in the past, uh, rape alarms do actually make a fantastic non-violent protest tool. Uh, if you grab a bunch of them, pull the pins and just throw them, can really, really uh, dis- non-violently disrupt a place for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah I imagine so. And, Indeed. Uh, uh, yes, they, they are as overwhelming as they are intended to be. Indeed. But, like, beyond that, we saw, like, just people who had placards that said, you know, simple messages like, not my king. Yeah, uh, You know, being arrested and having their signs yeah. confiscated. And, like, we've seen in the days since uh, the, the Met Police in London... Uh, trying to justify their actions. Oh, of course, you know, and the people who, you know, uh, are constantly heavy-handed, uh, misinterpret the law, and don't seem to have any proper understanding of the law beyond, uh, I am the Met Police, and therefore I can do whatever the fuck I want. Well, see, here they've given a... I'll, I'll tell you the justification they've, they've given, which is, uh, well, the coronation of a king is a once-in-a-lifetime event, 
And therefore, you know, discretion dictates that, you know, we, uh, you know, limit the right to, to peaceful protest a bit more than we normally would because special circumstances. And at its core, the problem with that is pretty obvious, which is if a right can be restricted you know, on on the whims of something as nebulous as a once in a lifetime event, it's not a right. It's something that you are that uh, something you are being gifted that could be taken away at any moment. Indeed, a right is an inalienable thing. It is a thing that you either have or you do not. You don't sometimes have it to certain degrees. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 not a right. It's not uh, it's not a, no, nothing fundamentally enshrined. It's just oh, we will choose. To be this way with you today. Indeed. Pray we do not make it worse tomorrow. And particularly when you look at like something like, you know, a royal coronation, not being able to peacefully protest something as fundamental as a new person who will be, you know, a ruling monarch of a nation. If you yeah. cannot peacefully protest the, uh, you know, undemocratic uh, a coronation of a, uh, of a, a literal monarch of a nation... You know, you do not have the right to protest if you cannot go, I don't like the new king. Peasants hundreds of years ago had the right to go, I don't like the new king. I mean, you might might have been beheaded for treason. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but you were at least, you know, you you could go, I th- the new king? Not such a fan. Yeah, indeed. I'm, I'm sure the, 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 the uh, Met Police are just waiting for their... Uh, their uh, vague suggestion by uh, Sweller Braveman or whoever it happens to be uh, in charge on any given day saying, oh, yes, uh, police mandated axes. Yes, be, feel free to, uh, you know, d- deal with the treasonous at any point. Well, I mean, I look, think they'd love that. I mean, the slippery slope is like, you know, it doesn't take much to take a leap from you cannot protest the uh, the, the coronation of a monarch to you cannot protest a sitting politician uh, getting on with their job. Oh, sorry, I love that. Yeah, I feel it's not that far of a stretch. Like when I mean, they've already talked about, you know, shutting down um, anything on the BBC that might uh, make the the Tories look bad. They wanted more, uh, less of this uh, right, uh, left-wing satire, supposedly. They they shut down, um, oh God, what was the, what's the comedy news show? Oh, um, Mock the Week. Yeah, they yeah. shut down Mock the Week like what six eight months ago. Yeah, well, because they did, they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want politicians being made to look stupid, and yeah. they have control over the BBC, so they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll get that done. And, and when Channel Four kept mocking, they were like, well, I think maybe it's time we considered getting rid of their their license to broadcast. Yeah, um, luckily, so far nothing's come of that. And as many problems as I have with Channel Four over various things, it's. Uh, it's it's kind of shit that even that level is being uh, attacked. Yeah, it, people people with power. If if you have the right to protest anyone, it should be the people with the most power. The Absolutely. more power someone has, the more right you should have to protest them. Yeah. And the idea that you know someone is is a influential enough figure that they become you know so important that you're not allowed to peacefully protest them anymore is a terrifying precedent to see uh, set and something that, you know, people need to wake up and see what has happened for what it is. Yeah, people like to talk about the uh, all the suffragette jets, you know, you see there's all these uh, pictures of them historically wandering around with their placards. It's like, yep, they did get a lot done and, and they did certainly did that, but uh, they also weren't afraid of bombing things. So, uh, you know... 
do remember that if you take away people's rights, they 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 feel that there's no uh, uh, no, no other peaceful cause. Then they're, they're given no uh, right to reply in any way. That uh, people do tend to uh, fall into slightly more aggressive tactics when they feel that they've got nothing to lose and, and no way of, of being heard beyond that. That's not a threat. That's just something that happens in societies. That has been the case and has been the case throughout history. But uh, apparently Britain's been fairly well placated for the last few years. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> young, mate. Oh, I was just about to say the same. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> Ah, good old mate, good old. Good old. Right, I think we're going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Nice, nice. So, Laura, <gasps> you do things. I do do things. You do things like a book that that is called Who Hunts the Whale. We did that together. We, we did that together. You can read a like four-page interview feature with us in the current issue of MCV Develop. We made the front page. Yeah, we there got... There is a got, picture of us in there. Yeah, we got mentioned on the front page and there's like a full-colour four-page spread in there that's all about us. I know, and I like the way they, they chopped up the, the cover to make all the artwork for that section. Yeah. It's very cool. It's, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were, they were very nice and... and you should go check that out. Yeah. And also, if you haven't read the book, it's available at unbound.com slash book slash whale. If you like all the stuff that Supremacy Software does, or rather, if you very much don't like the stuff that Supremacy Software does, it's about them. Yeah. Give it a give it a read. Also, uh, you it, do have other book, though. Yeah. Tell us about the other book. Well, I've got you many. cannot be stopped. I, I have many books, but the newest one to talk about, uh, which I believe is releasing on October 19th, 2023, hi, hi, hi. is uh, Stor- Stories of Autistic Joy, oh. which is, uh, hey, if you read Gender Euphoria and fancy more books in the vein of group that doesn't often get an opportunity to just talk about their joy without having to also talk about, like, the negative stuff going on, and about how joy looks for, you know, their community, if you enjoyed that about Gender Euphoria, this is a this is an anthology about the autistic community by a bunch of different autistic writers that's in all but name, it's it's an it's another one of those. I've done I've done another gender euphoria, but autism this, euphoria. I've done autism euphoria is what I've I, I've done here. I followed a very similar approach with how I wanted to focus these stories and making sure that I got lots of people from lots of different perspectives in mm. to tell lots of different kinds of stories. That's stories of autistic joy. It is releasing October nineteenth this year. I'm keeping up that streak of about one book every six months. <laughs> I can't keep it up forever, but I've kept it up for a while. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, so if you are the kind of person who, whenever your particular minority is pictured in film or television or on the news as having that one scene that's always really depressing, but probably doesn't happen nearly as much in your own life, and you're like, I wish they'd just show... Something other than trans woman puts on makeup yeah. in mirror every morning and talks about how depressing it is. I, you know, it's 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 a book of things that's like, hey, let's not have the media depiction where it's like person obsessively sitting and organizing things, and that's being looked at from an outside perspective. 
what if we had an autistic person that that wrote a story about like, hey, I love I love like organizing things and lining things up rather than like actually playing with things. Let me talk to you about why I find that joyful mm. and like bring you into my internal experience of why I find joy in the thing rather than oh look at them they're doing the thing that's weird let me talk about my joy yeah. rather than how i inconvenienced a neurotypical person exactly it is it is trying to talk about the internal experience of joy that can exist in unique ways for autistic people and trying to explain why the things that we find joyous are the way they are. Mm. I am. I am very excited to to read other stories in this. Yeah, you did a story for this. I too. did do a story for You're this. I did there. a story for Jenny for you as well. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you you do stories for yeah. anthologies. I do. Yeah. Uh, who, who said it was just who hunts the whale where we wrote together? Yeah, we wrote together all the time. Uh, <laughs> other than that, Laura K. Buzz everywhere. Just Laura K. Buzz. You'll find me on all the stuff. I got that good unified branding. Yeah, you do. Uh, what about you? I've got a link tree to cover for my lack of unified branding. It's linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the things I write, the t-shirts I design, the music I make, and this podcast, among other things. Uh, also, go, go check it that out if you want to. My most important one is patreon.com slash radio for as little as a dollar a month you can help me justify a 76 hour work week you can help me get to 30 patreons I'm so close I'm on 29 right now it would be awesome to, to make that up to a nice round number but I appreciate everyone I have already and I would love to hit 50 by the end of the year or oh, that 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 is the big dream but it's a ways off right now uh, but yeah that anything you can do will help as little as a dollar a month the sometimes the little little tiny amounts in regular regular doses is is the thing that really do big help. Ah, uh, yeah, but um, I think that's everything. So Laura, yeah, you sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.